Doug, all that needs to be said, Doug. Doug, that's the very thing I'm trying not to do is fall on my head. That's why I've got to stick. Willy Wonka. I might be Wonkers. Well, as you know, we're on a, a journey to the cross, a 40-day journey. That 40-day journey is called uh, when a person after God's own heart becomes something less. It's about David, but really, it's a journey to the cross, and you're on it. By the way, you're on it whether you want to be or not, or whether you're reading the study or not, because as you see, last week when we looked at the story of Jesus on his way to the cross, when he was riding in on his donkey, he swept a whole host of people uh, into that journey with him. And we're going to be talking about that this morning. They were swept up into the drama of the moment, unwittingly perhaps, but they joined him. The Lord was working in their lives, alerting them to things that needed to change or bringing them to commitments that they need to make. One of those people who was involved in that journey, you might remember, was uh, the woman with the alabaster vial of perfume. And uh, we're going to make this thing stand up. I'll tell you what. I'll hang it right here. No. We'll drop it. There you go. I'll drop it and I'll step on it and I'll do exactly what Doug <laughs> wants me to do. I'll fall. It was that woman that had the alabaster vial of perfume perfume you remember her she was involved in the journey on the way to the cross and you remember how she poured that on the head of Jesus and anointed him in that great act of worship in that evening but in that same room there that day there was another person who made a different decision and headed in a different direction if you look in your bible to Matthew chapter 26 verses 14 and 15, that very moment from that room left another person, and the Bible says, then one of the twelve, named Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and said, what are you willing to give me to betray him to you? And they weighed out 30 pieces of silver to him. From then on, he began looking for a good opportunity to betray Jesus. And so began the journey of Judas to the cross. Yes, Jesus is not the only one who was on the way to the cross. Judas and a host of other people were on their way to the cross, all of them with critical decisions that they would make about how they would respond to Jesus. Not many days later, we read in the scripture about how Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And when he finished his prayer, he rose to speak to his disciples. And in Matthew chapter 26, that very same chapter, beginning to read in verse 47, while he was still speaking, that's Jesus was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, came up accompanied by a large crowd with swords and clubs who came from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now he who was betraying him gave them a sign saying, whomever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him. Immediately, Judas went to Jesus and said, Hail, Rabbi, and kissed him. And Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you have come for. They came, laid hands on Jesus, and seized him. Now this morning, I want us to consider this 
awkward moment in the life of Jesus when Judas, one of his own disciples, came uh, up to him and kissed him, gave him that hypocritical kiss, but had betrayed him on the way to the cross. It was a cold, calculating event, done because of money, done with a kiss. And I want us to focus on our Lord's reply because Jesus really says something quite interesting to Judas. He says to him, friend, do what you have come for. So the very first thing that I would like to point out to you from this passage of Scripture this morning is that Jesus called Judas friend. Is that true? Was Jesus hypocritical in his uh, greeting to Judas when he came up knowing he was going to betray him? In fact, the Bible says that Jesus knew from the beginning in John chapter 6 verse 64, Jesus knew from the beginning who though they were that believed and who should betray him. Let me remind you, Jesus knew from the beginning then who would believe. He knew from the beginning then who would betray him. And Jesus still knows that today. He knows that about your heart. And he knows that about mine. Has our Lord ever been anything less than a friend to you? And if we were honest, we'd have to say no. Jesus has always been a friend to me. But the question is, have you always been a friend uh, to Jesus? There's no insincerity on Jude Jesus' greeting to Judas. He was always a friend, but it was Judas who was the one who had the problem. The second thing I would have you to notice is that Judas counted Jesus as his friend. Isn't that interesting? Judas looked at Jesus that way, knowing that Jesus was a friend to him. Some of you would say, well, Jesus has always been a friend to me. He has helped me, and he's blessed me, and he's guided me, and he's hovered over me and, 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 and protected me from, from many things. But what about you? Have you been a friend to Jesus? Judas counted Jesus as his friend. Jesus said in John chapter 6, verses 70 and 71, Have I not chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Jesus related to Judas as his friend, though Jesus knew full well that Judas was the son of perdition. I don't know if you've ever noticed that uh, phrase in the scripture, but it's only given to two people in the whole Bible, the son of perdition. It's given to Judas in the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 12, where Jesus talked about his disciples. He said, I was with them in the world and I kept them in thy name. Those that you gave me I have kept and none of them is lost but the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. And that was Judas. It is also given to the Antichrist in 2 Thessalonians Chapter 2, verse 3, where Paul said, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. The word perdition, by the way, means 
the final state of ruin and punishment apart from God. In other words, a person who is the son of perdition, it means a person who is definitely, without question, going to hell. That's where they're going. That's where they're going to spend eternity. Now, Judas stood in the presence of Jesus. He partook of the blessing of Jesus. He sat under the teaching of Jesus. And he enjoyed the friendship of Jesus. And Judas went to hell. How do we know that Judas went to hell? Well, Jesus said this in John chapter 3, verse 16. He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And someone who perishes doesn't have everlasting life. Did you know that the Greek word for perish and the Greek word for perdition is exactly the same word? Judas perished, not just from death. Judas went to hell, and he was a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number three, Jesus knew more about Judas than Judas knew about Judas. I think that's a chilling fact today, that as we consider our own lives, we would have to say, Jesus knows more about me than I know about myself. You might remember that on the way to the cross, Jesus said to Peter, you're going to deny me but three times before the rooster crows. And Peter said, because he thought he knew his own heart, I would never do that. And when the rooster crowed, Peter had denied the Lord three times, just like he said, because Jesus knew Peter better than Peter knew Peter. And Jesus knew Judas better than Judas knew Jesus. Uh, Judas. I envision Judas as a backslapper, one of those kind of people, you know, that uh, as we used to say, used to sing, there's a song in the 70s, they smile in your face, always wanted to take your place, the backstabber, but he was a backslapper. He slapped people on the back, you know, and smiled and said, how you doing? With, with Jesus, Judas was all smiles, the devoted disciples, but behind his back, he was something else. He was that kind of of disciples. So Judas betrayed Jesus, and then that night the Bible says he came to supper to sit down to have the Passover with Jesus and the rest of the disciples. And I'm sure when Judas came in the door, like he'd done on so many other occasions, he slapped Jesus on the back and said, How you doing, Jesus? Like we would do, punching each other as guys do, sticking out that elbow or that fist, however, we're greeting one another. And when he did, 30 pieces of silver jingled in his pocket. Jesus knew how many pieces of silver there were in his pocket. When he heard it jingle, he knew where they came from. And Jesus said that night as they shared the supper and passed the dish, he that dippeth his hand with me in the dish is the same that betrayeth me. And it was that moment that Judas had his hand in the dish and he said, Lord, is it I? And Jesus said, yes, it is. So here's a question for you this morning. Is it still possible to sit with the disciples of Jesus on Sunday and be a devil? Yes, it is. How many of you come to church on Sunday and pretend to be a disciple? 
yet in you is a devil. A devil perhaps uh, your friends at school don't know. Or a devil your family doesn't know. A devil your spouse doesn't know. But a devil nonetheless. And Jesus knows who you are. How many of us have the seeds of betrayal in our hearts? You might not betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver because you say, oh, money means nothing to me. But you betrayed him for 30, set, 30 minutes of pleasure or you would betray him for 30 seconds of popularity. The jingle sounds different in your pocket, but it's the same thing Judas did and it comes from the same kind of heart. The fact is Judas walks. He walks the streets of Loosedale. He walks the halls of the school. He warms the pews of all the churches. He partakes of the blessing of Jesus and the presence of Jesus, sits with the disciples of Jesus, enjoys the friendship of Jesus, but is a devil nonetheless. Judas had no real relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He would never have questioned his own relationship because as far as Judas was concerned, Jesus was his friend. I hear people say that all the time. Oh, the Lord has blessed me. God takes care of me. And I know while I'm talking to them, yes, he does. He has blessed you. But you don't know him any more than you know the tin cans across the street. You don't know him. And you need to be very careful. This very day... Jesus would greet any one of you as a friend because he wants to be a friend to you. God was the friend of Abraham, and God wanted to be the friend of every person in Sodom. But every person in Sodom and Gomorrah went to hell just as Judas went to hell. That night, Judas gave Jesus a token kiss. That was the most hypocritical act, the single most hypocritical act that was ever performed. I don't assume, though, it's any more hypocritical than when we give token gifts in the offering plate or when we bow our heads in token reverence or sing our songs in token worship and do not sincerely mean it from our hearts. Look closely at this statement that Jesus made to Judas. He said to him, friend, do what you've come for. You need to make your decision. And that is so true of people in the church today, really and truly, more so in the church than out in the world. You need to make your decision. Who are you going to live for? Who are you going to stand for? Who are you going to be? Are you going to be a true disciple or are you going to be a pretender? Jesus could look at each one of us this morning and call us friend because truly he endured the insults of men for you. He endured stripes from the soldier's whip for you. He wore the crown of thorns for you. He allowed his hands and his feet to be nailed to the cross for you. Jesus loves you. He has always been a friend to you. Have you ever been a friend to Jesus? Friend, Jesus would say, do what you have come for. I think if we were honest, we would find the seeds of betrayal, some of them, in our own heart. Now let's look at the rest of the story. You know the rest of the story. Matthew chapter 27, all you have to do is turn the page, look at verses 3 through 5, look at verse 3. Then when Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that he had been condemned, 
felt remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. But they said, what is that to us? See to that yourself. Let's stop a minute right there. Did Judas see to that himself? Did he go to the right place for forgiveness? There they were all on the way to the cross. He said, what is that to us? See to that yourself. Verse 5. And Judas threw the pieces of silver into the temple sanctuary and departed. And he went away and hanged himself. While Jesus was on the way to the cross to die for Judas' sin, Judas condemned, the Bible says, when he saw that he was condemned and it was condemnation that could only come from heaven itself, he went out and hung himself. Judas was lost on the way to the cross. He never made it to the cross. He never saw what happened there. He never had the opportunity to see the event that could have saved his sinful soul. And a day is coming for you, for me, when we're going to stand before God and give an account for how we've lived for Jesus, how we've served Jesus, and whether we've served Him in sincerity and in truth. The Bible says that the Lord looks for him who will worship him in spirit and in truth, not with some hypocritical token act of worship offered from week to week, but sincerely and truly from the heart. Is that you? If not, then you need to make your decision. Friend, Jesus would say, do what you've come for. Decide where you're going to stand. Decide who you're going to follow. Decide who you're going to live. Who you're going to live for. Are you going to be my disciple? Are you going to be a devil? You've got to make that decision. You've got to make that decision anew every morning when you get up, every night before you go to bed. Jesus says to you this very day with all the same seriousness that he said to Judas that night, friend, do what you've come for. Judas had his opportunity and you see what he did with it. You're going to have to decide what you're going to do with yours as we continue our journey on the way to the cross. Let's pray.